Welcome to Tales That Make You Wanna Tattletale. And now, for your complete enjoyment, we present a story entitled The Little Red Apple. All I ever did was mind my own business while grocery shopping. Usually, when I do that, I just do it, get it done, and don't give it a second thought. One day, however, it was a completely different story, and over what? Well, let me explain. You see, I, Oliver Quentin, am a simple guy. I live a very simplistic existence. I do things and, provided of course that I don't infringe on anyone else's rights, I don't think much of it. So you can imagine the situation that ensued as we now return to said recent trip to the grocery store. You see, I'm an apple lover, and anyone who knows me well knows that like the back of their hand. So imagine how overjoyed I was when the local grocery store had my favorite kind of apples on sale for 99 cents per pound. The Granny Smith kind that is. So on the Saturday during that sale, I raced over to the grocery store as quickly as humanly possible and just as early as I possibly could. I wasn't early enough though. It was only about 9 o'clock that morning, but the apples were almost gone, and the store manager, being the doofus that he is, didn't order enough apples to meet the demand. Thus, there was a limit of 10 apples per person. Rats. Do you realize how expensive apples are getting to be in price? Anyway, there was just one Granny Smith apple left. While not running, I power walked my way to that apple and upon reaching it, grabbed it, tore off a produce bag and tossed it inside said bag. I then power walked to the cashier and paid for my apple, the only apple left in the whole store. It was pretty obvious the manager had to order more apples at least for Monday if not the day before. Unbeknownst to me however, throughout that whole process, scores of people who were hoping to get their hands on some apples that day were disappointed as they saw me grab the last apple there without knowing they were there, and then gradually grew angry as they saw me walk out of the grocery store with it. Some even started to grow more angry as they looked through the store window and saw me eating the apple. One of the more livid individuals was a man named Winston Campbell. You see, he was a vegetarian, and just about everyone around knew that. After all, how can they not? This is a small town. A very small town. Population, 3,000-ish. So the fact that I took the last available apple really made his blood boil. But I didn't know that. That is, until the very moment I arrived at my humble abode, a one-story bungalow for those of you keeping score. As I unlocked my front door and entered the house, I could suddenly hear and feel heavy breathing behind me. I turned around, and there stood Mr. Campbell, breathing heavily, huffing and puffing madly and mashing his face like nobody's business. So, very innocently, I asked. May I help you? You took the last apple, you idiot. He shouted in response. At that, I was quite taken aback and not to mention visibly shaken by the tone in which he had responded. So I said. Wait a minute. You didn't have to yell at me over an apple. There'll be more during the week. They're on sale all week. Unfortunately, that didn't sit too well with him. With both hands, he grabbed me by the collar of my shirt, lifted me up about one foot off the ground, he was, after all, a fairly big and burly guy, and shouted. Well, barf it out. Scared out of my mind and once again taken aback, I asked, how? I can't take a spoon and gag myself with it. I don't give a rat's gluteus maximus how you do it. Winston loudly demanded. Just barf it out. He then let me go, thus causing me to fall to the ground as he didn't have enough decency to let me down any more easily, and stormed out of my house. 
I immediately jumped to my feet and hurriedly locked my front door. I then ran to my telephone and called the police to report that incident. Although I was still somewhat shaken by that, I somehow managed to gather my thoughts and regain enough of my bearings to describe, in about as much detail as humanly possible under the circumstances, what had just occurred and also provide Winston's physical description, even though at the time, I didn't even know his name. Thankfully though, the person who answered the phone had a pretty good idea who I was talking about. The person referred to him as the angry town vegetarian, and he even knew said individual by name. Apparently, this Winston had quite the reputation. If you even so much as stand in the way of his fruits and vegetables, you pretty much better watch your back. Better yet, you better just get out of his way. Or else. And when I say or else, I mean things may happen that I particularly do not wish to describe here. Just know that if ever you meet this Winston dude, just don't get between him and his produce, especially if it's fresh and even more so if it's on sale. Anyhow, that evening, I was in my living room reading a book when suddenly, I heard a loud bang on my front door. I walked over to look through the peephole to see who it was. To my utter horror, it was Winston, still angry from the events of earlier in the day. Instead of answering the door, I ran to my bedroom, with my cell phone in hand, and hid in my closet. At that point, I started to feel scared out of my mind and feared for my life. So I phoned the police to report that he had come to do me in. It was a good thing I did, because after that brief phone call, I could hear the front door being busted open followed by the sounds of footsteps and my home being ransacked like nobody's business. After just a minute though, I could hear the sound of footsteps stomping towards my bedroom and I began to be more fearful. I therefore endeavored not even to make a peep let alone a full-blown sound. I still breathed but quietly. The footsteps, or rather foot stomps, got louder and louder until I could albeit barely see him through the closet door. With one hand, he thrust it open and shoved everything out of his way. Until he spotted me and immediately stooped over to grab me, this time by my neck and lift me off the ground. Temporarily unable to breathe, I struggled to break free, repeatedly begging. Let me go. But he just kept repeatedly shouting. Barf out that apple. Just then however, I could, again albeit barely, hear the sound of police sirens and police cars surrounding my home. Winston then let me go in, without explanation proceed to exit my home running. It was to no avail for him though, for immediately upon his exiting my house, he was quickly subdued by three police officers and handcuffed. Meanwhile, a fourth one entered my home and, upon seeing me walk slowly into the living room, checked to see if I was okay. Upon assuring him that I was, he requested that I accompany him and his party to the police station to give an account of the events that had just transpired. Long story short, that was the last I saw of Winston. At least for a while anyhow. But that wouldn't be the end of my ordeals. The very next day after breakfast, I watched the morning news, which at some point had a story on the arrest of the angry town vegetarian. At the time, I really didn't think much of it. That is, until I went to the grocery store the following Monday, when lots more apples had come in and the limit on quantities had been removed. On that day, I grabbed a produce bag and bought a dozen apples. I paid for them, but upon exiting the store, I was approached by a mob of. Wait for it. Angry homemakers and livid yoga instructors but then I proceeded to retreat. So much for yoga calming people down. At some point as I was running from them, I, with my increasingly out-of-breath self, asked, What's the problem? I didn't do anything to you. One of the angry yoga instructors shouted in reply. Yeah? Well, you just had our main client arrested. Further, one of the livid homemakers loudly added. And he was my main customer, and you had him arrested. How dare you? 
The rest of the crowd jeered at me to confirm their solidarity with each other. But as they began closing in on me, I simply ran faster to get further away from them. They chased me all over town. I had neither vehicle nor enough bus fare, so I had to run for it. Not that it made any difference though, for my town's transit system had a horrible operating schedule during the week and it was even worse on the weekends. So as you can imagine, by the time I finally reached the safety of my house, I was out of breath, with only enough energy left to enter my house and lock the door. Instead of going about town that day as I had originally planned, I stayed home for the rest of the day as I was off work. Speaking of which, little did I know that I would find myself permanently off work until the next day. My boss phoned me and asked me not to report to work anymore. When I asked him why, he explained that it was because he was upset with me for getting his best friend arrested the night before. As it turned out, my boss was friends with Winston, the so-called angry town vegetarian. In other words, I was fired from my job before I even left the house. Great. How do I support myself? Well here's what happened next. A reporter from the local TV station came to my house and interviewed me. She was doing a story on Winston's arrest and also the man who felled the angry town vegetarian, namely yours truly. When it came time to explain the incident with the homemakers and yoga instructors, I explained how they told me that Winston was the yoga instructor's main client and the homemaker's regular customer. The homemakers made homemade desserts for a living, in case you're wondering, and they were mad at me for having their biggest customer arrested. In the rest of the country though, I was billed as somewhat of a hero, so much so that somehow, through some channels that, to this day I am not aware of, the TV networks learned of my story and became embroiled in a hotly contested battle for the movie rights to my story. In the end though, a fledgling network won the rights and offered me $10 million for the rights to make a television movie about my story. It took then a while, but the movie finally got made and aired. So I guess getting fired from my job for having Winston arrested wasn't such a bad thing after all, especially since afterwards, I landed a publishing deal to write a book about the experience and later, a novel. Well, after all of that, and just when I thought my ordeals were over, I was once again approached by the yoga instructors and the homemakers, who were even angrier with me than the last time. In fact, this time while the yoga instructors were raising their fists towards me in anger, the homemakers had wooden rolling pins in their hands and raised them. Altogether, they started closing in on me, but once again, I retreated. I arrived home, entered, and locked my door. This time however, they surrounded my home. Many of them smashed my windows to smithereens. Then, they all forced their way into my house. With virtually nowhere in the house for me to hide safely, I ran out of the house through the back door and fled in fear. As I was running away, one of them shouted. Next time, you won't make such a slanderous movie about the townsfolk. Another shouted. Better yet, maybe next time you'll think about all of this and leave the apples alone at the grocery store. What? Wait a minute. All of this came about solely because of one little red apple that was on sale on an otherwise uneventful Saturday morning? Like, didn't these people's parents ever teach them not to throw such major conniption fits over food? That's right. They were all angry at me over food, and a very small piece of it at that. Boy am I ever glad I moved out of that town. Needless to say, I've never been back to visit that town since, and before you ask, I won't be going there again anytime soon. In fact, make that never. We hope you enjoyed today's story. Please join us again for another in our series of tales that make you want a tattletale. Until next time, thank you for your attention.
This has been a production of Inkworm Media.